Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes. So it's all about creating assets. I think it's overemphasized the debt piece of the equation, especially when we go to school, people are saying, get debt before you get assets. And that does not make sense to me. It never made sense to me. I am a firm believer of going from the debt cycle to the dividend circle, where you teach your kids how investing in dividends work, and they'll never really have to worry about debt again. There's a difference between a dream chaser and a dream catcher. Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dreams. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome. I've got the pleasure of having my friend from Shy, Charlene Reinhardt with me today. Charlene, how are things up in Chicago? Everything is great. It's not snowing. <laughs> so that's a plus. Well, I mean, it's almost May, so I you mean, never what are you know guys in doing Chicago. We have four seasons in one day. <laughs> wow, four seasons in one day! So I hear people talking about that all over the country. I guess it's not just here in North Carolina because people have on coats in the morning, and then by the evening they're in shorts and flip flops, trying to figure out what happened to all the cold weather. But anyway, so this is an extra special interview, guys and gals, because she is the woman and she just got done speaking at a Black Enterprise Summit, if I'm not mistaken. Was that earlier this week? That was last week. Yes. Last week. OK, so I'm spilling the beans a little bit. But Charlene, I know you're an accountant. I'm not going to do you any justice by giving you an intro. I want you to tell the listeners who you are and kind of how you got started on this journey of catching your dreams. Yeah. So I am Charlene Reinhardt. I started my career as a certified public accountant to working in financial services. And I use all of those insights to help more women build their dividend for portfolios. Because when I was younger, someone asked me, if time and money were not a problem, what would you do? And I mentioned how I would love to dance around the world, do service, give back, just do all of these great things. But then I thought to myself, well, how would I get time and money? 
That's when I became super focused on dividend investing, because if you can nail how dividend investments work, you get an extra stream of income without lifting the finger. And that was my goal because I wanted the flexibility and freedom to live life on my terms and do things that I was passionate about. And so now I am a writer for different publications. I do a lot of speaking and I just share dividend insights working on courses right now so that I can be able to share those with people. They can have the step-by-step process on how it all works to make their lives easier. Ooh, you said dance around the world. I'm not going to let that just slip on through. What does that actually mean? Yes, it's very non-traditional going from CPA in corporate America for 10 years to a dancer. It was absolutely different, but it was something that was on my mind for years, ever since I was in high school. So I was a sophomore in high school. I went to this leadership conference and I saw up with people. They were salsa dancing, hip hop, just all types of dancing. And they were traveling around the world doing these shows every weekend, living with host families, learning different languages, working with a hundred different people. It was just amazing. And I told myself, I would love to do something like that. So when I left my job at 28, I got a call from up with people. I didn't think I would do it, but I ended up doing it. I took that bold move to just dance around the world at 28 and 29. And I salsa danced, which was always my dream because I was a salsa dancer in college and I did some while I was working. So I always loved dance. I had that as my my extracurricular to keep me energized and just motivated throughout life. So I was able to do that full time, put everything aside and salsa dance in different countries. So traveled around the world, started in the U.S. and then went to cities in Mexico, Bermuda, Denmark, Sweden, Belgium to dance. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's just fancy, man. That is just absolutely fancy. So well, how did this go? I'm, I just went to college. Most people take it five years to become a CPA. And now three or four, five years later, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. How did those conversations go? Because I can imagine that there was some significant investment in order to get you to the place you were. And then you're like, yeah, I don't like this. (laughs) Yep, there was a significant investment, but I always knew what I wanted to do. Even when I was in high school, I asked myself, how could I become a part-time accountant so I could make money on a business and understand the numbers? That was important to me. I wanted to have that foundation and understanding the numbers so that nobody would cheat me out of my money. I wanted to understand my money inside and out. So I knew I had to go into accounting. And if I did all of that work to study accounting, why not go all the way and become a CPA, a certified public accountant? So in college, I did two majors and a minor, had all the coursework needed to become a CPA because you typically need a master's. I had that. And then I studied for the exam. So at 23, I was a CPA and I made sure I learned everything I could. But at the same time, I was in Toastmasters. I also rewarded myself by doing pageants. I never thought I would do a pageant before. So I was doing pageants because I realized if I want this certain type of life, I cannot be comfortable where I'm at. I have to keep going and growing on my journey. So becoming a Toastmasters and doing public speaking, it was a big piece of that growth puzzle. Doing pageants was a big piece because you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? I had never done anything like that. I'm an introvert, like to be behind the scenes. So putting myself out there for a pageant 
was that step. If you can do those bold things in your life, you'll have the courage to do those greater things that can lead you to your dreams. So it was that training that I had to give myself while I was in corporate America so that I could always be ready to expand my options and just never feel like I'm stuck. So five years later, I turned 28. I competed in the Miss Corporate America pageant. I won. It changed my life. I was like, okay, maybe I need to go down this other path right now. And I ended up leaving my job on tax day, April 15th, 2015. I left corporate America and leveraged my Miss Corporate America platform. So I was Miss Corporate America, even though I left corporate America, leveraged that platform. And then I traveled around the world with up with people. I was supposed to go get my MBA and go back to corporate America. Didn't happen. I realized, okay, since I did this, I don't want an ordinary life anymore. I'm going all the way. And I never returned. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so we talked about self-image a little bit. This is where you were. This is how you identified. I'm going for it. There had to be some people that showed up to help you out along the way. So let's talk a little bit about the relationships. Who, Who entered the picture and got you moving and maybe opened some doors for you? Yeah. So I always say you are the average of the five people that you associate with the most because that's a famous Jim Rohn quote that's used a lot. But I truly believe that if you want to achieve any goal, you have to associate with people who are achieving that goal. So when it came to pageants, I told my mom I wanted to do it. She supported me and I ended up being around people who had won pageants. I had to take on that winner's mentality and know what that was like. So my circle was pageant queens. (laughs) And then I became a Toastmaster. I wanted to improve my extemporaneous speaking skills because you don't want to go on stage, receive a question and have no idea how to respond. So I did Toastmasters and I ended up leveraging Toastmasters and meeting all of these great people who actually took me in another direction, but it actually ended up helping me with pageantry in the end. They had me doing leadership, speaking competitions, everything, but I followed their lead and it really helped to accelerate my goals. Then when it came to work, I always had my work mentors, my work sponsors. I I just had people on my team showing me the ropes to make it easier because I didn't want to make all the the pitfalls, the hard stops and follow my face on my own. Like there are a lot of things I did follow my face on my own. But sometimes when you have those people around you, why bother? Why not find the secret sauce to success? And so I am the combination of everybody that I've surrounded myself with. I consistently surround myself with amazing people. I try to because that's how you grow on your journey. Okay. And so I don't think Miss Corporate America is like a job, right? So how do you transition into earning income after the exit from corporate America? How how does that come together? Yeah, so I really had to identify my skills beyond corporate America. That was huge for me. And I think that's where a lot of people are scared. They're like, oh, I've been doing this one thing for so long. I don't even know what other skills I have in my toolkit. So I had to identify what did I learn from pageantry, right, that could help me earn income. And eventually that turned into profit from pageantry, a workshop series where I teach other people how to do that. But this is what I had to do. I had to identify my skills. I love fitness. I was always doing something fitness related when I was in corporate America. So I became a fitness instructor. That's what helped me to 
earn income. Then I started doing resumes because that's something I did in pageantry and at JP or at, at, at the bank I was at. <laughs> and so I, I did the resumes and LinkedIn. So I was helping more people with their prof- pro- professional profile. So it started off with me just identifying those skills, fitness and resume writing. And then it evolved into becoming a writer <laughs> and other things speaking. So I just started with the basics of, hey, what do I like doing and how can I earn money from it? And then it's evolved into something more than I expected five years later or six years later now. Wow. Okay. So did it all just kind of fall in line line and perfect or did you have some struggles along the way? Because I find that most people to get into the world outside of corporate America where you have the defined path, uh, have some challenges and they question whether or not they should go back in and just take the more traditional route. I definitely had challenges. I would say my first three months, I had this great idea to start this business and help people with their profiles and things like that. The LinkedIn was not what I expected it to be. I made $70 my first three months, so I didn't make any money. I had to rely on my savings. I also got into a car accident. I Just everything that could have went wrong happened. I had to take out the Cobra insurance, pay the extra money, just all of everything bad that could have happened probably happened to me in those three months. So I definitely got a crash course on what not to do and what you should consider before leaving corporate America. But it it definitely made me stronger. After that, I really had to network in other ways. I had to somewhat hustle. You know what I'm saying? I had to find out, okay, I don't have a steady thing every day. Fitness is not every day. Resume writing is not every day. So what other opportunities can I branch out to? Luckily, I'm in Chicago and there's a big film scene here. So I was able to take advantage of a lot of set work um, being on Chicago PD and Empire. I got an opportunity to stand in and stand in for Felicia Rashad which was pretty amazing. So I worked with her on Empire and I I just had to open my eyes to new opportunities. I couldn't be scared. I really had to get out of that timid phase, get out of those doubts, get out of those fears because if I was fearful, I wasn't going to make money. (laughs) I had to be willing to try everything. And, And that first year I was just trying whatever I could voiceover. I got voiceover gigs and people see you out there. They see what you're doing when you're consistent in doing things and putting yourself out there, you'll attract opportunities. I always tell people, as long as you keep growing, opportunities will keep unfolding. So keep putting yourself out there all the time and things will happen. Even if you hear the word, no, never let that stop your flow because your opportunity will turn into a yes soon enough. But those are my pitfalls starting off. I did almost everything wrong, but I found my way eventually. My cheeks are hurting. This is amazing. I love your energy on this show. So, all right, you're looking at the $70, right? And it's probably not there anymore, but you're thinking about the $70. And what happened that made you say, I got to keep going. I call this the red pill moment. What happened? I knew the type of life I wanted to live. I knew that I wanted to be in control of my schedule. And I realized this, if I can go through the academic process and graduate college, if I can go through corporate America and everything that happens there, what can I do? We typically, we don't give ourselves enough credit. 
a lot of us, we've been able to make it through a lot of times. So why can't we show up for ourselves in that same way? So I had to put myself first and give myself permission to at least try. If I'm trying for these other people, if I'm breaking my back for other people, why can't I do the same for me? And then I don't want to sound morbid, but to really think about your life. I asked myself if I wanted to die sitting in my sitting at my desk in corporate America. <laughs> and no, that was not my goal. I did not want to die sitting at my desk. I really wanted to leave a legacy. I wanted to have a certain type of impact. And if I wanted to do that, that means I have to make certain decisions right now in order to make that happen. It may hurt. Oh, well, I had to get over it because it hurts for a lot of people when you're starting off, right? It's it's normal. If you read anybody's story, it's going to hurt. You're going to face rejection. You're going to fall. So what? You have to see how, you, if you never fall, how do you know how tall you can ever stand? So you have to give yourself permission to just go out there and see what happens. And every step I took continuously, another door opened. So I realized, okay, if I keep going, doors will keep opening. And that's what I just, I, I just did that because I knew what type of life I wanted to live. I knew what my vision for myself and my family was. So what was your worst fear in the process? My worst fear? That's a good question. I, I would say when I had the opportunity to dance with up with people, I think I was at my lowest point. So I'm like, okay, I just lost my job. I've been away from my job for, let's say, eight months. And this opportunity comes around. I made the $70. I'm trying to navigate my path. And then this opportunity where I would have to pay thousands of dollars and have six months to cover all my expenses in Chicago, carnoting all my expenses, my bills that I have in Chicago without any money. How do, how do I do that? I think that was my fear. Like, okay, how do I make that work? I can survive in Chicago because... I have family here, but when you're not in your comfort zone, how do you survive? And just everything I needed came for me within four weeks before I left to travel around the world. And I would say, man, I had to get over the fear of not having and just do it. I had to not, not worry about it, just do it. So it was like at the lowest point in my life, I was able to make one of the greatest decisions of my life. The one, one of the most uncomfortable, let's say that uncomfortable decisions of my life. Whoa. So I, I, I can't let it go. I, I, I thought about it, just letting it ride. But you said in four weeks, everything came that you needed. What does that actually mean? Yeah. So I received more income opportunities. So somebody wanted me to do voiceover and then there were just income opportunities that came. Um, somebody, I told somebody about this. They were in Toastmasters with me. I told them like, I'm thinking about this program, but I don't know. And then they said, what's stopping you? Like, that's a lot of money. Plus I have to pay six months worth of bills while I'm gone. And they gave me a loan in order to do it. And I had never received a loan of that amount from somebody. I just, I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> what? I, I couldn't believe it. And I just been in a car accident too and got a settlement check for the car accident. It was just like everything happened. Like everything that I thought was bad and was not working in my favor, just everything ended up happening that allowed me to do it. Yes. It was happening for you, not to you, right? Exactly. Beautiful. So is this the point when everything was on the line or was there another one? Uh, 
that was pretty much it. I would say throughout this journey, just things have just continuously changed and went in a different direction. Like every every day, I would say things are just you have to be open to the opportunities, but you also have to have your goal. You have to know where you're going as well, but you have to be open because a door can open that's bigger than what you expect. So you have to have that space in your life to receive those things you may want on your journey. Mm. Okay. And so you you talked about fitness before. And so let's move into the health piece of the show. What were you doing with your health? Because I mean, traveling, it's pretty easy to eat poorly, not really exercise, even though you're dancing, you know, that's different. Like that cardio is different than exercising to maintain a certain shape and so on. So what were you doing from a health perspective to stay fit? And maybe what are you doing today if you've changed that since you're off the road and kind of more in Chicago than not? That's a great question. I would say health has been a big part of my journey because when I was studying for the CPA exam at 23, I felt myself in the hospital. I thought I was perfectly well and I was in the hospital and had to take a leave from work for six weeks, reduced my pay. And I thought to myself, what if I'm ever in a position where I can't work? What do I do to make a living? How do I make an impact? And that was one of the driving forces too behind everything I do because you have to just realize it. If you can't go to work every day and make that same amount of money, what do you do? So that's why I became super focused on health in my pageant endeavors. When I was doing up with people, I was... I wouldn't say I was focused on health when it came to eating. I ate everything in sight because I was around the world and I wanted to try everything. (laughs) So didn't care about the food. I ate everything in sight. I'll be honest. Then I became a travel writer later on down the line and I started eating a lot of different foods for free. And yeah, now I'm a vegan. I am a vegan right now. I've been a vegan throughout the entire pandemic, make my own foods. That is a huge part of my life being vegan because as a woman, you just have to make sure that you're, you're putting the right things in your body so that you can live that mission that you have. There's two sides of the equation. You have this, you have this vision, you want to work hard in order to achieve it, but what can get in your way? Your health. So you want to figure out how do I keep myself healthy in order to realize that vision in front of me? So I'm vegan. That has gave me so much energy over the last three years. And people are starting to say I look younger too. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a plus. No. That's so cool. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. I think what you put in your body, whether it's in your mouth or through your ears or through your eyes, makes a huge impact on what comes back out of you. And so yes, I think it's it's beautiful that you emphasize that point. And just your willingness to be open to experience different things. I you said you went to Mexico. So did you eat the crickets and the ants? Because you know, those are delicacies there. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't stretch that far. <laughs> Yeah, we we flew down and uh, we were in Mexico City and they put it on the table and and I was cooked in butter sauce and it was sauteed and I was like, "Eh," you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, 
I, I didn't eat the crickets. I did have the ant eggs. So they were good. Wow. They were you're good. bold. You got to try every now and again, right? I mean, if you're, if you're going to travel the world, I think in America, we have some pretty, I don't know, small views of what's acceptable and what we should be doing and not doing. And once you leave these borders, you find out that the world's a very vast place and people uh, probably do some things and value some things that others don't. I, I still can't get over I forget what my, my dad actually told me about it. He was in some country and monkey brains was a delicacy and they just kind of come and sit on the table and people just love it. And it's just like, there's all these different, maybe I'll call them rituals or these different practices that because they're unfamiliar for us, we think that maybe they're disgusting or things that we shouldn't do. But in other places, they're the norm. And exactly. I, I'll, I'll never forget being in, uh, we were in Egypt. And we were eating on the Nile River and there was a couple from uh, somewhere in Asia and they didn't eat beef and they couldn't even like touch beef. And so they brought it and put it on the table and they freaked out and like walked out the restaurant and they were totally offended. And so, again, if you don't know who you're engaging with or interacting with, then you know, you can be offensive and not even intentionally try to be. And I don't know if that means that we should be overly sensitive, but I mean, it's just knowing that there's more to the world than what you do in your house, your neighborhood, and your city. Very true. So, all right, you, we're going to move into prosperity, and I think we're going to spend some time here because you talked about dividends, and some people may not actually think about like that being a way that they earn income. So, you know, you've made the shift, you've done travel writing, you've danced around the world, you've been a CPA, you've done a whole bunch of other things that maybe we haven't covered, but the way that you opened the show, you talked about creating dividends and helping other ladies do that. So talk to me about prosperity, because that's the fifth level of the Red Bill framework that we use. What does that look like? You talked about, in particular, decoupling your time for money. So let's go down this path, and I think we can have some fun here. Yes. So it's all about creating assets. I think it's overemphasized the debt piece of the equation, especially when we go to school, people are saying, get debt before you get assets. And that does not make sense to me. It never made sense to me. I am a firm believer of going from the debt cycle to the dividend circle, where you teach your kids how investing in dividends work, and they'll never really have to worry about debt again, because dividends expands your mind of what's possible for you. Typically, we don't know what exists. And in order to obtain prosperity, you have to know your options and know what works best for you. Have a portfolio of assets that work for you instead of you working hard for every penny that flows to your pocket. That's how dividend investments became a part of my portfolio. I had we get dividends from our jobs, you know, don't even realize it, but we get dividends from our jobs. And when I was getting my dividends from my job before I reinvested it, I was like, wait, all companies are giving dividends? They are. So I, not just my job can give me a dividend check. I can get dividends from companies all over the world. So every time I'm purchasing a product from a company, and if I own a share of that company, they may pay me income every three months. That's pretty cool. But you don't just get that income for three months. You get that extra stream of income for life. I don't think people really understand that. If I invest in 100 shares of Apple, as long as Apple declares a dividend, 
every quarter, I will continue to get that same amount of money for life. So I'm what I'm doing right now is setting me up for more money every year of my life as long as board of directors declares that dividend. That's prosperity to me because now you have more options as far as what you do with your time and what you can do with the money that comes into your, your account. Okay. And so the dividend is the piece of the, well, break it down, right? Because there's stocks, there's bonds, there's all this stuff. So walk us down this path of what a dividend actually is. Like break it down to Kaya, who's 11. Yes, yes. I always like dividends as far as, um, I see it as far as real estate too. It's just like real estate investing, but dividends. So let's say you buy a company, Apple, I'm using Apple as an example. Let's say you buy Apple for $100. Now you own a piece of Apple. Your stock, your share of Apple goes from $100 to $120. Then it goes to $140. So it's growing. Usually you wouldn't get any money in your hands unless you sell the stock. So it goes from $100 to $140. I see it on the screen, but I don't see it in my pocket because I haven't sold the stock yet. What if you wanted to earn income and get rewards before you sold the stock or without even having to think about the stock, uh, selling the stock? That's where dividend comes in at. There are companies that give you rewards. They will say, I am going to give you some money just for holding on to this stock for a certain period of time. Just like when we go to the store, we get store rewards at maybe Walmart, Target, all of these companies, you have a rewards card. Every time you buy something, you get rewards. Well, every time you buy a share of stock with a dividend paying company, they will give you rewards. So if they say, I'm going to give you a $3 reward, a $3 annual dividend, and I have a thousand shares, that means I'm going to get $3,000 every year for a life as long as they declare the dividend. Okay. So this is like your rewards program at Panera Bread when you put the phone number in and they give you the extra sandwich. Is that the same thing? I mean, same thing. It's like you're creating your own rewards program. These rewards are so good that many people can live off these rewards for life. So if you set a create a dividend portfolio early enough and you have the capital, you keep investing and keep reinvesting those dividends in order for your money to compound, your money earns more money, you'll be able to have a dividend portfolio that funds your entire lifestyle. So just imagine receiving 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 every year from dividend checks. All of these different companies are paying you. Okay. So now the question becomes, well, Charlene, how do I get a dividend portfolio, like, do I have to have a bunch of money or like how much would I have to put in in order to make $30,000 a year through dividend? Yeah. And it depends on which assets you add to your portfolio, right? All assets come with a, a certain return. So I always say the first thing, the first place to start is know you inside and out, because the more you know about you and who you are and what you want, the better and the easier every decision that you will make in life and in your portfolio. So know you inside and out. Then identify a list of products or services that you use all the time. Start with what you know, because you'll be more inclined to do the research and due diligence needed to see if it's the best 
stock fit for your portfolio. And it doesn't have to be an individual stock. It can be an ETF exchange traded fund. There are a lot of different assets that pay dividends. So it all depends on your time, how much research you're doing, how comfortable you are, your risk tolerance, your age, all of that should take it to be should be taken into consideration when creating your portfolio. And then three, how much capital am I working with? You don't need a lot of money to get started, but it's all about positioning your portfolio to keep growing. That's how people win. They take advantage of compound interest. Albert Einstein once said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Once you know how to earn it and your money keeps earning money from for you, it will keep growing. And that's how people create these colossal portfolios because your money is working for you in ways that you aren't doing right now. It's like your tag team partner, right? Have a partner in crime that's making money for you. So that that's, that's the basic step. But I have a book, Dividends Are Our Queen's Best Friend. If you want to know, hey, how to open your brokerage account, how to look at different type of stocks out there, because there's the Dow 30 that has 30 blue chip stocks that you can look at. There are dividend aristocrats, companies that have been paying dividends for at least 25 consecutive years. You have the entire S&P 500. So there are so many options. It's just like a mall, right? There are so many stores in the mall. So you have to identify what you want. Once you decide what you want, then we can play around with everything else. Then we can determine, okay, do I want a high quality stock? Do I want a penny stock? Do I want to trade? There are so many ways to play the markets, but when it comes to dividends, you will be looking for stocks that are well-established and pay you dividends. Dividends. So why don't I just, but everybody's talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies now. Why, would, why wouldn't I just put my money in there? Yeah, so Bitcoin is fairly new. I always believe in diversification, right? So 2017, people were investing in Bitcoin, but 2018, Bitcoin went down and people took their money out. Oh, this is fake. I don't believe in it because <laughs> they didn't like the fact their money went down and they weren't receiving anything in return for it. They were scared. So I would always say manage your risk tolerance because every investment can go up, can go down. They all have their good and bad days. But you want to give yourself the best chance of winning. So there's nothing wrong with having cryptocurrency in your portfolio if that fits uh, what you want and what you see as the new wave of the future. Have some of that in your portfolio, but also have an extra stream of income like dividends because you can pass those dividend stocks onto your kids in certain accounts. You know what I'm saying? Things aren't just for, for you, but what legacy can you leave behind for your kids? So, hey, maybe you want to profit from the cryptocurrency and leave the dividends behind to your kids. Think beyond you when you're constructing your portfolio, because it's really about building a generational legacy. Wow. Okay. All right. So usually what happens when somebody leaves is they get an opportunity. I use air quotes around opportunity to go back into the old world. Did you get any phone calls inviting you to come back into the corporate arena? while you were out doing your thing? I did. I did. I got a call. I was getting calls within 30 to 60 days and I almost went back. Oh, I almost went back. I think about that. It was a tough decision, but a recruiter called me and it seemed like the perfect opportunity. And they asked me, what are you looking for in the job? I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I was being really honest. I was being really honest because I knew what I wanted. I wanted the flexibility to work from home. I wanted to work with people, but I didn't want to be on the clock. 
you know, so I was being really honest. I could not at that point, I couldn't hide who I truly was. I like the opportunity, but this is what I saw. If it was the right fit for me, if they if they agreed with the type of person I am, what I brought to the table, it would work out. It would be a match. I don't have to hide who I am. I want to be honest, straight up front with them. And that didn't work out so well. I didn't get that job. <laughs> but it was it's a good thing because I had to realize what I wanted because job offers are going to come all the time, but you have to make sure you do what's best for you. I actually did get a job offer, uh, another job offer five years later, actually recently in December. So I hadn't worked in corporate America for five years, December. Yeah, December 2020, when I got this job offer to do a 10K. It was an offer. It was a contract position to help a company with their annual report. So annual report is something very short. So you know what? I said, why not? Because if I am helping investors package their portfolio, I want to be even better with the 10K. I want to understand what the new rules are for companies who have to report their financials to investors. So it seemed like a great fit. And so I did that for 10 weeks. And it was just a 10-week thing. And for me, I was like, I'm glad that was only 10 weeks because I couldn't do corporate. But I was so grateful that I had the opportunity to do that because it's made me so much better in what I do now and helping other people analyze financial statements and annual reports. So if you do, you know, I'm not saying that I'll never, you never know what will happen in the future. But you have to make sure it aligns with who you are, what you want, that it makes sense in your overall portfolio of where you want to be in life. Got it. It's got to be in alignment. That that piece is interesting because I think so few people try to shrink and change and shift to be what other people want them to be instead of staying true to their values and morals. And what I really like about what you offered to us on some of the opportunities that didn't work out was you said that I was too blunt. I was too direct. I was too much of me and I didn't get the opportunity. But by being blunt, being direct, that's what actually gets you to cut through out here as an entrepreneur and a lot attracts your tribe to you. And it's strictly your tribe, right? Those folks who love you, like they're super excited and they're they're ready to support you and all the things that you're putting out into the street because they know it's of tremendous value. So just kind of a, a nugget there. If you feel like you have to dumb it down, you have to mute yourself, you're probably not in the right spot. Do you still agree? Would you agree with that? I totally agree with that. I feel like it's just like dating, right? You want to, it's a two-way street. People, when they think about jobs, they only think about, oh, I hope the job accepts me. No, do you like the job? You're also interviewing the job as well. Every time I talk to a potential recruiter, I'm interviewing them because I want to know what value will this add to my life? You can make money anywhere. I'm not attracted to just money. Okay, <laughs> I need more than money to get me excited. And so you really have to do that interview to make sure it's a be- be- good match for you either now or long term. Love it. Love it. So now that you've been living this life, we're moving into prosperity. What's your biggest, what's the biggest approach? Like what's the biggest difference in your approach to life when you were in corporate to after you've had all these amazing experiences? My biggest uh, approach. Hmm. That's a good question. I would say learning how to say no. I feel more comfortable saying no to things I don't want to do. When I was in corporate, I felt that I had to say yes. Remember, you're told that you have to say yes to every opportunity, every stretch opportunity that comes your way. And now I realize I have my 
my own performance goals, what I want and how I want to make an impact, how I want to be remembered. So I have to match up everything that comes my way with that. I am the owner of whatever happens. If something doesn't happen, it's because of me. If it does, it's because of the people who've helped me as well. So you really have to, I believe right now I I take control. I have to take control. If I don't do something, I don't make I won't make money. You know what I'm saying? So, and and I I like that. I also give myself the freedom to rest. If I feel that, okay, I should not be working for three months. I need to take care of me and my health. Well, I'll take that three months and do that. You know what I'm saying? It's all about really creating that life or creating a business, creating a source of income that aligns with where you are right now in life. And I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that now versus when I was in corporate America and thinking I had to take on the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they put us in some pretty interesting spots. And so, Charlene, we're down to the final four. And this question, I think, is going to be one you're going to have an amazing answer to. What are you most grateful for? Wow, this is a great question. I would say I'm most grateful to have this time to spend with my family. That was a big priority for me. My grandparents are still living and I wanted to have time to just have conversations with them during the weekday without having a call off sick. So I'm grateful that I can spend time with my grandparents, my mother. It's it's just so much power when you can spend time with your loved ones while you have them by your side. Wow. I think so many people take that for granted, but that is something that you can't ever get back. That time and the experiences created in that time. And I think a lot of times we just give that up for earning money or being busy. And so being able to prioritize your time with your priorities is, is, is something that we overlook. It's something that I've had to reflect on over the past couple of years. All right. So the second one, what dream are you most focused on catching that? What dream am I most focused on? Well, I am about to be in full gear, I believe, from May to December. That's my goal as of right now, because I want to hit certain marks as far as getting these dividends out to more people. So I am working on various courses to make sure that more people have access to this. So helping more people is one of those dreams that I have right now. And I'm really about to be in full speed getting this information out so that it can be available for life. Okay. And so how can the listeners find out more about what you have to offer? Yes. So you can join me at wealthywomendaily.com and sign up for the free newsletter. I'll be sharing constant updates about the courses, all events that we have coming up, everything to keep you in the know. Okay. All right. So final two questions. One of two. What gift are you giving the world? What gift am I giving the world? Who I love that one. I love it because sometimes we don't realize that what we have is not for us. It's for others to unwrap and get a piece of the goodness that exists within it. And so I, tr- I, I think it's so important that we, we don't hold back. We don't let our fears hold us back. I would say my gift that I want to give to the world is permission to go out there and live your dreams. And I, I believe I try to live that every day and whatever I do, if there's a dream out there I want to pursue, 
I go for it. Even if I'm scared stiff (laughs) and have no idea where it will go, I go for it. Because when you give yourself permission to do bold things, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And I think that's so important because if everybody is operating in their gifts and being who they were meant to be, the world would just be such a beautiful place. Everything would be different around us. Whoa. Charlene, I appreciate you being bold and giving yourself permission to go chase your dreams. What's interesting is a lot of the folks that I talked to on the podcast, when I asked like what happened when they decided to, when they made the decision to leave and go do the thing. And they say, well, this person said this and that person said that. And I started questioning whether or not I should go do it. And but at the end of the day, every single person gives themselves permission to go do it. They are not asking anybody if this is a thing that they should do. They know with every piece of their soul that it is what they should do. And then even though they're scared, because everybody's scared, everybody has fear. And just about all of us experience some form of a rock bottom, they still continue until they actually achieve it. And that's why I always say there's a big difference between a dream chaser and a dream catcher. And Charlene, you are a dream catcher. And so the last question is, what's the one thing you want the listeners to take away from this episode? That I love your podcast. It is everything. <laughs> so seriously, I went to one event of yours and you talked about when you can sit in a dark room and be completely fine with that. That's when you know you're ready for that next level or you 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 just reached the point where you're just okay and I felt that I felt that and that's what I want people to take away from this podcast that there are so many distractions around you cut out the noise and really hone in what that dream looks like for you be around people who are living that dream and be willing to invest in yourself so that you can make that dream a reality. And you've been in a, a great example of that, Jerome. So I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast and helping other people to catch their dreams right now. Wow. So you heard it from Charlene, ladies and gentlemen. You got to go out there and catch your dreams. And until the next time, your dreams should be real. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.